The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus told his disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones, when taking their lamps, brought no oil with them, but the wise brought flasks of oils with their lamps. Since the bridegroom was long delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, there was a cry, Behold, the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise ones replied, No, for there may be enough for us and you. Go instead to the merchants and buy some for yourselves. While they went off to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went into the wedding feast with him. Then the door was locked. Afterwards, the other virgins came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he said in reply, Amen, I say to you, I do not know you, therefore stay awake, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The Gospel of the Lord. My dear friends, it's a joy to be with you all. For those of you that haven't yet had the chance to meet, I'm Father John Marie Bingham. I'm the incoming novice master, stepping into this role, serving these young men, these novices who, as you may recall, come here for their first year of formation as Dominican friars every year, right here to St. Dominic's. Huh? So I'm stepping into this role. But I myself was a novice here some 20 years ago. What a joy to be able to come back here to the city to be with all of you. And when I found out that we would be coming back, I would be coming back on this wonderful Jubilee year, I knew it would be a great year of grace to come to this place where for 150 years the faith has been alive. That indeed, the very joy of the Gospel has been radiated from this place through these holy doors of this jubilee year, taken out throughout the city. And as I continue to marvel at this church, every time I go around finding new treasures here, 
I found a new one in the baptistry. It's actually off the vestibule in the northeast corner, Steiner Street side of the church. And as you know, around this magnificent church, there are quotes from the Scriptures to remind us of our faith, the different aspects of our faith that we live out. And if you go into the baptistry, around the baptismal font itself, there's an interesting, it may seem almost like an odd choice. Do you not know, the quote is written, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Of course, it's quoting Romans chapter 6, verse 3. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? And it struck me immediately as somewhat odd. Couldn't you do something cheerier, say, huh? I think of all the young infants who have been held over that font at the beginning of their natural lives and this reminder of death. And yet maybe isn't that the very point, huh? This recognition, this recognition from the very beginning of their natural lives, of that supernatural life, of that eternal life in Christ, a life that we only receive if we die with Christ so as to rise with Christ. So that that quote on the baptismal font is not so much meant to be a downer, right? But a promise. A promise of a resurrection in Christ. And maybe a question for us today. Are we looking for that resurrection? It's something proposed to us also by the creed that we profess every Sunday, that Nicene Creed, right? Towards the end, in that last paragraph, maybe at that point where we're not paying so much attention anymore to what we're saying, we confess something wonderful. I confess, we say, one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. Right? One baptism for the forgiveness of sins. The death of sin. Right? And what's the very next thing we say? And I look forward to the resurrection of the dead. One baptism for the forgiveness of sins. I look forward to the resurrection of the dead. This death and life coming together here, right? And this is something that today's parable points us to as well as we think of those ten virgins, five wise, five foolish, with their lamps waiting for the bridegroom. And our brother St. Thomas Aquinas tells us that those lamps are lit because of faith. Faith is the light of souls, he says, by which the lamps are lit. So these virgins have faith. Faith that Christ has died and risen. And yet those wise virgins have something else. They have a flask of oil. What is that? If we were to look at the creed in Latin, it may help us go a little bit deeper. For we say in the creed, expecto, right? Resurrectionum mortuorum. Translated well, I look forward to the resurrection of the dead. And yet maybe we see in that Latin verb the fact that that looking forward is not a weak looking forward, but a strong looking forward. We recognize a resonance, expecto, I expect 
the resurrection of the dead. I anticipate it. In faith, I'm certain that it's going to happen. It's coming. Praise the Lord, right? Those wise virgins had the oil of expectation. They carried it with them. Even if that falling asleep in the parable is, as the fathers think, a sign of their death. Even as they passed into an earthly death. That is to say, the death of this life. They expected resurrection. The power of Christ. They were looking forward to it. The foolish somewhere along the way, had stopped looking for that resurrection to be applied to their own lives. My dear brothers and sisters, are we looking forward? Are we looking forward for the foretaste of eternal life even now and its fulfillment in heaven? Are we walking around with a flask of the oil of expectation? What does it look like? What does it look like to have the oil of expectation in our lives? Well, maybe we actually have more of this kind of expectation than we realize, at least on the natural level. Let's say it's been another back and forth type of game. The Warriors are down by two. We've got 2.2 seconds left. They're coming out of a timeout. The ball's going to be inbounded from half court. And we see Steph Curry walking onto that court, right? Is that the point at which I turn off the TV and say the game is lost? No, right? I'm expecting the greatest shooter in the history of the game to knock down that shot. They can send three defenders at him. I trust that Chef Curry is going to find a way to dish it out, right? He's going to, if I go deeper into our faith, What about that figure of St. Mary Magdalene? Staring into the tomb on that Easter morning, but she doesn't know it's Easter yet. She knows Jesus has died on the cross. She believes now His body's been taken away. Down by at least two points. And so if we were to ask Mary Magdalene, Mary Magdalene, can Jesus win this game of life? Will He bring you and me to be with Him always? She's going to say, absolutely. Absolutely, He's won and He's going to win. I'm not going to turn my gaze from Him. I'm going to be gazing, waiting for Him to meet Him in the sky. I'm going to join you there if you're willing, right? It becomes even more difficult when we apply it to ourselves, doesn't it? Looking at the tomb of my sin, my family problems, the difficulties in my relationships, the tragedies of human making throughout the world. It seems like we're down at least two points. Perhaps I have that one issue in my life that's really bothering me, and it seems lost. And I'm walking out onto the court, final 2.2 seconds of my life. I don't care how old or young we are. We're near the end. Not sure where victory is going to come from. And yet I know, I know if I had Curry as a teammate, I would at least have a glimmer of hope. And we have Jesus. (laughs) 
We have Jesus on our side. He, the one who died and rose again. The one who's as powerful as He ever was. The one with whom we've already died and risen in that baptismal font. He's on our side. So should we not be walking even in the midst of this darkness with this confidence, this looking forward, this expectation of resurrection? It's true. I have to let Jesus take control of the outcomes of my efforts. I have to hand the ball over, if you will, to Him. But even so, I can labor in the expectation and certainty that there is a power at work now. Even now. A power greater than the death of my sins, of my wounded relationships, of the tragedies of this world. A power at work in the very Eucharist that we celebrate, the very life of Jesus that comes to us. Power of resurrection. The resurrection of the dead areas of my life. The resurrection that will be consummated, God willing, with Jesus forever in heaven. And the invitation to sit on the edge of our seats, ready for those five wounds radiating high on the cross to bring healing, light, and life to our lives. Here we are in this month of November, an opportunity to build up the flask of oil, pour in that expectation, that looking forward, that trust in Jesus. Perhaps we could pray as we go through the rest of the month, even just those two lines of the creed each day, right? I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. I look forward to the resurrection of the dead. Perhaps as a way of building up this very oil of expectation ourselves, we could keep utilizing the gift of our Jubilee year. You know, these pamphlets are still in the break. It's a Jubilee year. Plenary indulgences are possible one a day and can be offered for the souls in purgatory going through those holy doors, saying the prayers in this pamphlet. If you've forgotten, pick one up. Offered even for the very names that are on the envelopes on our altar for those that we're praying for, adding our own prayers, and even as we aid them in being freed for the glory of heaven, building up the oil of expectation in ourselves, I believe, I do, I look forward to the resurrection of the dead. Because my dear brothers and sisters, we have been baptized into Jesus' death precisely so that we can live in Him. Precisely so that we can live in expectation on the edge of our seats, looking to Christ's mercy, even here and now, that from those five wounds will come the healing, the life, the strength I need. We've been baptized into Jesus' death. And it is now for us to live in faith and expectation in that yes to Jesus' loving plan, looking forward resurrection now and finally the resurrection of the dead.